right. Is God good? Well, I think he's better than that. Uh, you know, as I look around the world, I see, um, I see God just wanting to do something. What does he want to do? Guess what? That's for you to figure out. You have to figure out what God wants to do in your life. I hope that's why you're here. I hope that that's why you've chosen to get up early to come to church and Hopefully, God will show you what it is that he wants you to do. I can't tell you what it is. Now, I can help if I learn your story and you come to me and you seek wisdom. I can help you try to discover exactly what it is that God wants for you to do. But I can't tell you right now what it is that God wants you to do because, well, I don't know your story. Some of you I do. But I believe that God desperately wants to do something. When I look at the world... I don't see things falling apart. I see heaven holding things into place. Right where God wants it. And maybe you're here, maybe you're like, man, Pastor Adam, like how in the world can you be so positive in a time that everything seems like, I mean, don't you know banks are collapsing and the economy is kaput and gas is almost $4 a gallon still? Still, but when I look at the world and I see my God holding everything into place, and every moment I have the opportunity to allow him into my life, it just takes the worry right off of my shoulders. And so hopefully this morning you've entered into this place with that in mind, that you're seeking God for the opportunity to show you what exactly he's up to. Hopefully we can help you with that. That's one of, one of our goals. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Adam Harold. I am uh, one of the co- lead servants at the refuge. Uh, my wife, who was just up here, uh, Tanya and I have the privilege of leading this church, this community that we call the Refuge Church, and it's been a joy to be able to see what God has brought us through in the last six years. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. We believe that God is still building his church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, that it is firm, it is true, it is solid. It's the most solid thing that you can ever be a part of because God put it in place. Now, he uses people to do it, which means that it's not perfect because there's people here. I'm not perfect, but Jesus makes me perfect. And we all serve a king that makes us just like him. My desire today for myself is that I will die. I have to come to the place that I strip myself down and I die to Adam Harold. But the reason I die is so that Christ can come alive fully inside of me. The fact is that God can't be 
where sin is present, Adam is sinful. Adam is full of the flesh. So my flesh has to die so that Christ can come fully alive inside of me. That's our goal. Every Sunday we come into this place, you ready for it? To die. To die to ourselves so that Christ can become alive in us. That's the, that should be the goal of every person that says, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I'm convinced. I've learned over the last year, okay, the last eight months, that Christians today don't fully understand what it means to die to themselves. And so I, when I discovered that, I, des- I decided, you know what, we're going to, not, not, not that we're going to stop seeking to, to help people that don't know Jesus to, to, to embrace him and to in- introduce them into a life of following Jesus. We're still going to do that, but we're going to do it by instructing Christians how to live the Christian life. I've, I just, I'm convinced that we've watered things down so much that there are so many lies in the world that when we hear truth, finally hear truth, we latch onto it. We want more of it. That's what I find when I read God's word every single morning. When I open God's word, I read it and I look for truth and I look for Jesus. And when I see him, oh my goodness, my day is the best day. I saw Jesus today. I hope that you leave here today saying that you saw Jesus today. Last week, we began a new series that we're calling Shameless Investments. As the, as the world looks like it's falling apart, I believe that Christians don't have to look like they're, hold, that they're, that they're holding it all together, but we have to trust that the one that does hold it together is holding it together. So God's word is, is pretty clear that one of the greatest areas of our lives that we have to trust God in is in the area of the four needs that I'm going to talk to you about today, the needs that every single person has. I believe that even if you don't follow Jesus, the principles of God's word will absolutely make your life better. So even if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I want you to know that the principle of it is better to give than to receive will completely change your life. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, and I have been constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's so much better to have open hands than closed hands. It's so much better to give than to receive. It's so much better to live generous and not greedy. So much better when we follow the principles of God's word. You can 
embrace Jesus as your savior or not. Now, I believe that that's a miserable mistake to not embrace Jesus as your savior. But even if you don't, the principle will absolutely change your life. And hopefully, as you obey the principle, you start to go, oh, this, this Jesus, maybe he is who he says he is. Maybe he's worthy of me actually trusting. Maybe he's worthy of actually putting my trust in him. And so the passage that we've been looking at in this, in this series, um, we've actually been looking at two. I thought when I... When I came up with this, this series idea, I thought that we were only going to be in Luke chapter 10, which is the story of the Good Samaritan. It's a great story. We're going to read it in just a moment. But God showed me that Matthew chapter 6 and, and Luke chapter 10 go so good together. And so that's, we're kind of looking at both of those scriptures because I think that the principles all line up. So, the story of the Good Samaritan, oftentimes we read it and we think about the person that's left for dead by bandits that's on the side of the road beaten. And we think of the Good Samaritan as the guy that went over to help him. But we don't often ask ourselves the question, what it required for that Good Samaritan to actually help him. We often just look at the good deeds that he did, and he actually, you know, he took, I mean, we've got so many hospitals named Good Samaritan. Where we lived before we moved to, to, to Maine in Illinois, there was a town, or there was a hospital in town uh, called, we called it Good Sam. We, we'd go to Good Sam to get treated for any injuries that we'd have, sicknesses. The Good Samaritan Hospital, that's where we went. The Good Samaritan is super popular, doesn't have a name. I absolutely love that so many people in God's word that are so important don't have names so that I can put my name in his story. I love that. Luke chapter 10 is where we read the story of the Good Samaritan. Before we read it, can I ask God to speak to our hearts? Can we do that? Father, I thank you that your word is alive, that your word is active that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing my soul and my spirit, dividing the two, so that I can know what is my soul and what is my spirit. Father, today I pray that I would choose the spirit and not my flesh. Father, that I would choose to crucify myself so that it is no longer Adam Harold that lives, but that it is Christ that lives inside of me. Father, I pray that the truth would be something that we would gravitate towards, that it would pull us in like a magnet, drawing us closer to it, so that we can know it and understand it. Father, I pray that your word would be louder than my word today, that it would speak to our hearts, that it would transform our lives and help us live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Luke 10, 29 through 37 says the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I, I love how, how Luke points out his heart in the question. He wants to justify his actions of maybe not caring for his neighbor. Verse 30, Jesus replied with a story. 
a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan. You have to say the word despised like it's despised. A despised Samaritan comes along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs any higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Verse 36. Now, which of these three would you say was the neighbor of the man who attacked, was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed mercy. It's funny that he, which oftentimes people point out in this story, he can't even say the Samaritan. That's how much he didn't like him. He says, well, I guess it was the one that showed mercy. <laughs> he still didn't like the guy because he was a Samaritan. But he was the one that, that acted like the neighbor, the one who showed mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. As followers of Jesus, we identify I actually think that we can identify with every single person in the story, every single one, from the priest to the temple assistant to the man beaten by bandits to the Good Samaritan. But the one as followers of Jesus, we identify with the Good Samaritan because that is who followers of Jesus are. That's what Jesus is saying. You are the Good Samaritan. Go and do likewise, he said. Last week, I pointed out three types of needs that we all have, or three types of needs that we have to meet. Number one is the immediate need. The good Samaritan got out the olive oil and the wine and he soothed him because he was, he was broken right there on the side of the road. He soothed the immediate need. The second one, uh, this, I'm not here yet, sorry. Yeah, you're good, you're doing a great job. The second one was, um, was the, the short-term need. He put him on his donkey. He took him to the, to the inn. And then um, before he left, he gave two silver coins. And he said, help him, and I'll pay the rest when I get, when I get back. So he provided for the long-term need. So he cares for the short-term, or the immediate, the short-term, and the long-term. He cares for all three needs that the, Samarit that, the, that the guy beaten by bandits had on the side of the road. Now, I want to show you how I read scripture a lot of times. One of the things that I look for in God's word 
is I, I always look for God's character first because God's character is, is the, the, the sharp two-edged sword that pierces my soul and spirit. It tells me how I'm supposed to live. But when I read God's word, I look, if, if anytime I see three things in scripture together, working together, anytime I see three things in scripture, it gets my attention. Because three things together are, are important. Anytime those three things go together, I like to create a Venn diagram to, to help me see how they go together. Now you can put up the slide. You're doing a great job. Immediate need, short-term need, and long-term need as a Venn diagram, they all intersect at one point. And in scripture, anytime I see three things together that can overlap, what happens where they overlap is I discover who I am in Jesus. So here's how that looks. When I meet as a follower of Christ, when I meet the immediate need, the short-term need, and the long-term need, that's where I am like, like Jesus. Jesus doesn't look at it and go, oh, that's just an immediate need? I'm not going to do that. That's kind of what the, temp, what, the, what the priest and the temple assistant did. They went over to the side of the road. They might, be, they might have said, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll care for them long term. You know how we do that today? I'll write a check. Woo. Like, listen, this is, a, this is a stewardship series. This is about giving. But oftentimes, it's a lot easier just to write a check than to bandage the wounds. It's not about picking and choosing what need we meet. It's about looking at the situation and asking ourselves, what need can I meet? It's not about picking and choosing which need I can meet. It's looking at the situation saying, which need am I able to meet? Let me say it that way. And it brings me to today's big idea. If I have one thing I want to communicate with you today, it's this. Followers of Jesus see needs and do what they can to resolve those needs. Period. Followers of Jesus see needs and do what they can to meet those needs. Period. See a need, meet a need. The good Samaritan saw the man on the side of the road, and what did he feel? Compassion. But compassion is love in action. So he had to put that compassion to action. You know it's good when it rhymes. He had to put his compassion into action so that he could meet the immediate short-term and long-term need. How do we meet the need, the immediate short-term and long-term? We put our compassion to action. Put it into, like put some feet on it. Put some hands to it. Verse 33 and 34 
the despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him, going over to him. And the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil, wine, and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. It's not enough just to see the need. You have to put your compassion to action and do something about it. So let's talk about needs for just a moment. Flip over to Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can flip over to Matthew chapter 6. Because I believe that there are four needs. I really wanted there to be three. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Because I did the whole Venn diagram thing and all that, but it didn't work. There's four that I can't get away from. Four needs found in Matthew chapter 6 that I want to look at this morning that every single human being has. Every single one of us. Matthew 6, we're going to start reading in verse 1. And it says this, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their actions for charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward that they will ever get, the attention that they get when they do it. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and the Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, I want to point something out. Because I think it's very easy to, to read something here that I don't, I don't necessarily see is there. What is God... Or, or what is Jesus getting to in this, in this part, in, in this scripture? What he's always getting to, your heart. He's always getting to the heart. So what is he saying about our heart? He's saying that when you do good deeds publicly, which by the way, time out. Shameless investments are more than money. Shameless investments are time, talents, and treasures. It's your time. It's your talent. It's what you can give, what you can offer. Anything you can offer, that's your investment. Time, talents, and treasures. So don't just think that we're talking about money today. Money's a part of it. It's a big part of it. But time, talent, and treasure go together. What is Jesus saying here? When you do good things with those things, don't do it to call attention to yourself because what that does is that's bad for your heart. That makes you something that isn't me. What that does is that gives you the attention that makes you feel good, that makes you maybe even make you popular or famous. But that's all the reward you'll receive. What he's saying to me is, 
I've got more for you. I've got more than the attention of other people. I've got more than just the affirmation of others. So what I think Jesus is saying here when he says, don't give publicly, I don't think he's telling us, don't attach your name to a gift. I think it's okay to attach a name to a gift. You know why? Because as a church, we love it when God shows us that we've been able to capture the hearts of people. It's like, Tanya, how did you say it just a minute ago? You said um, to be generous with your information. Like, it's okay to let the church know, hey, you know what? I'm going to write a check for this because I want the church to know that they have my heart. It's okay to show us your heart. That's, that's what God wants, wants us to do. He wants us to show him our heart. That's why he says to live with open hands, to show, a, show him our hearts. But you have to check your heart when you do it. You don't do it to flex on people. To, to flex, for, for those over 30 years old. <laughs> to flex on people is to show off. Okay? You're welcome. You don't do it to puff yourself up. You do it to say, you have my heart. So let's look at verse 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth. This is still Matthew chapter 6. We're going to get to the four types of needs that everyone has in just a moment. Verse 19, don't store up treasures on earth where the moss eat, and ru- uh, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures where? In heaven, where the moss and rust cannot destroy the thieves. Do not break in and, and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart are also. Verse 24, jump down. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's, why, that's the whole point. You can't, you can't serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't be a slave to having to make a buck. That's a miserable life. Jump down to verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things are dominated. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows what? All your needs. In your Bibles, If you didn't do it last week, underline all your needs. He knows what you need. But then Jesus drops the mic. 
God knows all your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. All these what? All these needs. All these needs that he just laid out for us in all of Matthew 6. All those things will be added to you. But what must we do in order for those things to happen? Seek first the kingdom of God. That's the summary of this whole series. It's not about money. It's about seeking the kingdom of God. That includes money because Jesus put it there, not because the preacher did. I said it like that for, for emphasis, but because I know that a lot of people think that the preacher put the money in the Bible. He didn't. Jesus did. He talked about it more than he talked about repentance. Fourth, four needs that every person has that I see in Matthew chapter 6. Number one, emotional needs. Every person has an emotional need. We all do. Can't get away from it. In the first four verses of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus addresses emotional needs. He says, don't do it for the approval of man. You know why we do things for the approval of man? Because we have emotional needs. Because we want to feel good emotionally. Do it for the approval of the Heavenly Father. Can I, can I say something here? If you find yourself needing emotional needs, listen, I'm a words of affirmation guy. That's my love language. I love to hear you did a good job. I love to hear I love you. I, I love those things. Because you know why? Because I have emotional needs. But if you have emotional needs, just know that the Father is the one that addresses all those emotional needs. And when he says that you're chosen by him, my gosh. The fact that God has chosen Adam Harold, are you kidding me? I used to be picked last for kickball. But he's chosen me? The creator of the universe has called me by name. He knows what I do, but he still chooses me? Are you kidding? That fulfills every emotional desire that I have. When I realize that God created me to be his son, to be just like him. All that insecurity, nonsense is out the door. Over the last eight months, my wife can confirm this. Don't take my word for it. But over the last eight months, I have... I have grown so much in my area of insecurity because I realize who I am in Jesus. 
We all have emotional needs. The Father meets it. If you seek the kingdom. Number two, the second emotional need, or the second need that we all have is financial. We all have financial needs. It's like my good friend Chris. I don't know if Chris is here this morning. Chris always says, the answer is money. What's the question? It's good, right? The answer is money. What's the question? We all have financial needs. In our world, especially today, we all have financial needs, every single one of us. But Jesus warns us, you can't serve God and serve money, regardless of how the financial situation in the world is. You can't serve them both. You have to pick one. And when you seek the kingdom, the financial need is met. It's a part of it. But you have to seek the kingdom. And the rest of the book tells us how to seek the kingdom. That's why we're talking about shameless investments. To give cheerfully. To it, seeking the kingdom lifts the weight off of the, the need to, to have money. When you seek the kingdom. And as you seek the kingdom, God provides. Number three, the third type. So the first one is emotional needs. The second one is financial needs. The the third one is physical needs. We all have physical needs. In fact, this is the most basic. The most basic need we all have, food, clothing, and shelter. Every single one of us. This is why Jesus mentions, I think it's in verse 31, he mentions the the, the birds that God provides for. He also mentions the flowers that are clothed better than Solomon, the world's richest man of all time. Solomon wasn't clothed like the lilies, like the flowers in the field, because God provides for our most basic physical needs. He provides for them. How much more does he provide for the ones that he calls chosen? Number one, emotional needs. Number two, financial needs. Number three, physical needs. But Jesus saved the most important one for last, spiritual needs. We all have spiritual needs. And maybe you're here today and you've never heard that before. But I want you to know that every person in this world was born with a spirit inside of them that is dead. The spirit inside of them is dead. When you're born, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, who has resurrected from the grave, he brings that spirit to life. That's why he resurrected from the grave, so that he can bring that spirit back to life, so that the spirit is now alive inside of them. And as the spirit lives inside of them, they get to choose the spirit because the flesh has died. I love the picture of the spirit that comes alive in each one of us. As we seek the kingdom, the spirit is fed. 
as we seek the real kingdom of God. And I love it that Jesus included in righteousness. You know, you know what that word righteousness means? What it means is that righteousness is something that I cannot obtain. No matter how good I am, no matter what I do, I cannot be righteous. There was only one man that ever was. In the eyes of Jesus, in the eyes of God, there's only one man that ever was. His name is Jesus. What that word righteousness includes when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's saying, oh, and include me in that. Because the only way you can obtain righteousness is by calling on on Jesus to be your savior. Calling on Jesus to be your righteousness. It's the only way. By trusting in him. And so... We have to seek the kingdom. That's the most important of all. That's why Jesus included it last. Emotional, financial, physical, spiritual needs. Every person has them. In order to care for the immediate need, the short-term need, and the long-term need, which is what all four of those all four of those needs they all include but here's what's great I love it when God gives me the opportunity to care for someone's emotional need or to care for someone's physical need or financial need and what it leads me to is to help meet the most important need out of all of them the spiritual the first three needs Open up the door to meet the fourth. And when you give to the Refuge Church, what you do is you provide for us a way to meet the first three needs so that we can ultimately meet the fourth. We will do our best to care for the emotional, the financial, and the physical of every person that we ever come in contact with for the purpose of leading to the spiritual need that they have. That's why we exist. And so to wrap things up this morning, I want to just just be real. I want I started this message by talking about we want to address the I'm going to want to talk about how we address the immediate needs of people. So we've got as a church, we've got some immediate needs. This isn't so that you can provide them in in with shame. This isn't to shame anyone into guilting you into serving now. (laughs) We don't want anyone to serve in shame. That's why it's called shameless investments. We don't want you to give in, in shame. We want you to give cheerfully the way God's word says, to decide in your heart how much you can give and to, to give cheerfully. That's how God wants us to give. But I want to share with you just a few needs that the church has today, some immediate needs. The first one is our dream team. I, I don't know if you've heard, but Easter is just three weeks away. And if you look around the room, like, we're full. 
we're going we, we're gonna to add a third service. In order to add a third service, you know what we need? We need more kids workers. I'm, I'm just, like, this, this is an immediate need that we have. Go back to the big idea. The big idea is followers of Jesus see a need and meet a need. What can I do? So that's all I'm asking you to ask. What can I do? Our dream team, we need, we need kids workers. Um, we need greeters, people that'll, that'll welcome people into the, this wonderful place called, called the refuge. And we, we just have a need for, to build our team. If we're going to have more services, we're going to need more team. The second thing that we need to do is, and I'm just throwing this one out there today, just to see what God does. We could use it to replace that projector right there. I think it's that one. It might be that one. I don't know which one it is, but one of them's out of date. Like one of them was one of them was used in the old high school when we when we met in the, not the old high school it's still the, it's it's still Wyndham High School but the school that we used to meet in when we set up and tear down it's about seven hundred a thousand dollars. Now we have the money, but I was like you know what? I'm just gonna we we have the need. Let me uh, let me just throw it out there. See what God does. The third need that we have is our cafe is really close to opening. It's pretty awesome. But we still have some, some equipment that we need to buy. We still, and we still have some, some people that we need to learn how to make espresso. <laughs> Listen, we, we had a training day with that, and it was a lot of fun. And, and we've got people that can, that can teach you. Um, so we want to, we want to like come, if you want to help me a need in the cafe or like, just come and to me and say, Pastor Adam, and, and I'll put you in touch with, with Tanasia. That'll help get you connected. Uh, the, the fourth thing that I want to share real quick is our, we want to have a men's and women's conference this year. One of, one of our own. We're not going to, we've chosen not to go to the ones that we normally go to because we feel like we've got enough men and women here that, that, we, could, that we could do it. But Ty and I, we're, we're about tapped out. Like, we're, and, and I'm going to get to this next week when we talk about short-term needs, but um, we've been able to, God has, God has grown this church the way that he has with just one full-time staff member. That's insane. I talk to other pastors and they're like, how many people are you running? With how many paid staff? It's, it's incredible what God's been able to do, but we, we need more, more money to be able to hire a, a staff member so that we can do things like women's conference and men's conference. And, and do everything that, that it takes to organize those events. Find, we, we could use the immediate need that we have is, is we had an amazing youth night last night. All done by volunteers. And it was incredible. We could use a, someone that will step up and say, I can, I can help lead, lead youth. Because kids are, are, listen, this world is fighting for our kids. We must fight harder. 
finally, number five, and, and a lot of these immediate needs can be, can, can be addressed by having another staff member. But the last one is we would, we would love to do a missions trip to the Dominican Republic this year. But we, we have to have someone that, that can help take that on, like to help, help oversee it. Um, and, and then we need people that want to go, which is immediate, but it's not like that immediate. We're not ready to sign up yet today. Because I know the Dominican Republic, they're like, yeah, let's go. Um, we've got a, a Hope Center in the Dominican that we, that we help sponsor. We sponsor 50 kids in the Dominican. By your generosity that you give outside of the church, your offerings that you're giving outside of church, help go to, to provide for kids in the Dominican Republic. We want to go see them. Um, but we need people to to do some of these things. We have needs. We have immediate needs. But what can you do? That's the question today. What can you do to, to help meet those, those needs? Stand on your feet. I want to pray with you. Your head bowed, your eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you heard about these needs that we all have. By the way, it is good to see some of the faces that are out there today. I recognize some, some faces that haven't been here in a while. I just, I love it. I, every week I love looking out and seeing the people that God brings into his house. God was the one that gave you the margin in your schedule to make it today. God was the one that made it so that you could come. Now, some of you cleared your schedule so that you can make it because you made it a priority. And if that is you, let me say, well done. The Father is pleased with you today. But some of you are here because you're like, ah, I don't have anything to go on Sunday morning. I'll show up. Can I just submit to you that, that God did that? Because maybe he wanted you to learn about the most important need that you have. The spiritual need. We all have it. And there's only one that fulfills it. How do you know that you found the one that fulfills it? Is because you quit looking for it. There are so many people in our world today that are dabbling with this religion or that religion or that thought and they're still searching because they haven't found the one that fulfills it. The Bible says his name is Jesus. You know why it says his name is Jesus? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Maybe you're here today and you need to call on the name of Jesus to be saved, to resurrect that spirit inside of you. If that is you this morning, I wanna say, I'm so glad you came. But 
it would be a tragedy for you to turn around and walk out this door without having that spiritual need met. But God's not the type of God that forces himself on you. He celebrates your right to choose him. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Would you, if you need Jesus this morning, if you need that spiritual need met, would you receive him today? It's your choice. If you want to choose to follow Jesus this morning, I just want to help you say this prayer. It's not magical. The words aren't magical. It's the words just reflect the decision in the heart. How do you know that your heart has made the choice to follow Jesus? You ready for this? Where your treasure is, your heart is also. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. You give to him. You show up next week because you need that spiritual need met. Show up to a small group because you need that spiritual need met. You get baptized because you need that spiritual need met. You feed the spiritual need in your life to fulfill it. If you need Jesus, would you say this prayer with me? Believe it in your heart. Say, God, I know I need you. And I believe Jesus was your son who died on the cross to save me from my sins, to make me righteous. Jesus came back to life so that I could have the spirit inside of me revived. Come into my life, I invite you. Bring me back to life in the spirit and help me live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, if you have a, any other needs, that a physical, a financial even, or, or emotional need that you need met, my friend Dave is up here on the right. He would love to pray with you. I'll be in the common area. You can come up to me and you can see me. You can talk to me. I would love nothing more than to meet you, to shake your hand, give you a hug. I'm so glad you came today. Are you glad you came today? I'm glad you came today. Let's sing a song. We'll be dismissed.